0: Do you plan to design a new sim center, expand your existing simulation center or simulation program? Just give Innovative Sim Solution experts a call. We are a team of simulation subject matter experts and consultants with over 50 years of experience designing simulation centers and programs. We are here to help you save time and money. Innovative Sim Solutions is your one stop shop for all your simulation needs. Welcome to the Sim Cafe, a podcast produced by the team at Innovative Sim Solutions, edited by Shelley Hauser. Join our host, Deb Tauber, as she sits down with subject matter experts from across the globe to reimagine clinical education and the use of simulation. So pour yourself a cup of relaxation Sit back, tune in, and learn something new from the Sim Cafe. Welcome to
1: another episode of the Sim Cafe. Today we are truly blessed to have David Shablock, and we are actually live at the conference in Wisconsin. David has really been an inspiration to me. I was blessed to have met him virtually over the last year and he really helped me get my podcast started and so he has his own podcast which is called This Old Mannequin and I can't help but just kind of get a smile on my face when I think about how funny the name is and how cool it is and how many people have been able to learn from their podcast and it's just fantastic. So David, why don't you tell our guests a little bit about yourself?
2: Well, first, thank you for having me on board. And uh, you know, we are live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, for an Axol uh, Twenty Two, and uh, it was nice to finally actually meet you because we've been talking for quite a long time, but never actually gotten to meet in person. So, yeah, I've been in uh, simulation for about uh, a little over ten years now. Uh, I was in emergency medicine residency for first eight, and now I'm in nursing simulation, which brings me to the Axol conference because it's the one centered around nursing simulation. Uh, I've got a varied background where I've uh, uh, I, I've represented Apple and Sony, and I uh, was in search and rescue when I was younger, and all of that really comes to play in simulation. Every one of my weird experiences and background comes to play in uh, simulation and uh, makes me so passionate about what, what I do.
1: Thank you. Thank you. And I, when I look at you and when I talk to you, all I can think is... Generous. I mean, you are truly so very generous. If you have a problem, David has a solution, or he can find one for you. So I thank you for that, and I thank you on behalf of so many people that have learned from you uh, in advance. And let's get into our first question, and that is, how did you get into simulation? Please share your journey and how you actually got into it, because we all have come from such different backgrounds and to hear people's stories is, is, a, is an, a, a gift.
2: So, yeah, like I alluded to, I, uh, I have a very unique background. Um, I've been in computers and sales and search and rescue, and uh, I actually restored an armored vehicle for the Air Force Museum. So anybody that goes to the Air Force Museum in Dayton, Ohio, uh, the only armored vehicle there I helped restore. So I, I've got a lot of very unique talents, but... Uh, as one does, we get on with our lives. And, you know, I was in retail and things like that and having kids. And one day somebody tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know, that thing we used to do as kids and that was civil air patrol and the search and rescue. Uh, he says, I get paid for that now. And I was like, no, that's not a job. Uh, which is usually what we're all doing to try to get somebody in sim is convince them that yes, it's a real job. And, uh, It kind of went on from there he uh, explained it to me he had me come over and look at what he does and we formulated a plan and a pathway Um, I got my EMT my paramedic and things like that Um, and then in my third term of medic school uh, a simulation job popped open and I was able to secure that Um, and I've been here ever since
1: that's it's a great story and you are right somebody will tell you about simulation and you're kind of Struggling to understand it, and then when you actually see it, you're like, "Yeah, this is this is it. This is this is a way to learn. It's a vehicle for learning, and it's a great vehicle." David, why don't you share with our listeners your favorite or most impactful simulation story that you have?
2: Like I said, I I worked for an emergency medicine residency, so that is you know future ER docs, people who have left medical school and they're getting their specialized training for to be an ER doc and that eight years was simply inspiring made me the person I am now I learned everything from my former boss and uh, the peers that were there Um, but one of the stories that always rings with me was um, we had a resident that did an OB rotation and was just there as an observer not if anything went bad there were other people that were supposed to step in. And things went very, very bad. And my resident had to step in and perform a procedure they had only read about in a book. They were not prepared for. They were not, did not know the pitfalls. And since then, uh, since that point on, my boss, who is, like I said, the smartest person I've ever met, made a simulation. And it centered around umbilical vein catheterization. So we would prepare our residents before they went. And it was very important. One year later, it happened again. And that resident came back and they said, I still had to change my shorts afterwards. But I was more prepared. I knew the pitfalls because with every procedure, there's one or two real big ones. And everything worked out. And everything worked out originally for the first resident, but it was so impactful to me that they came back. And we have a lot of stories like that, like you know I try to not make a big deal about what I do and you know it's okay this is part of the learning process and I have residents that come back and go no simulation made me who I am and it, it fills my heart and inspires me to what I do I love it
1: right I, I would I would totally agree and David I think you're one of the you know kind of up-and-coming stars in simulation um, just from your wealth of knowledge and your generosity to share it with others Um you know, I'm going to ask you a question. How did you, and and I didn't tell you that I was going to ask you this, so I hope I'm not throwing you off too much. How did you guys start the this old mannequin? Like, what was the genesis of that? Like, you're just sitting around having a beer So it's and- interesting. Actually, I think
2: you're meaning SimGeek's <laughs> podcast. Uh, this old mannequin I do on my own. But SimGeek's podcast um, was not so I was thinking about podcasts are getting very popular. And even back then, we started about three or four years ago. Um, I had the idea kicking around, and William Belk, who is my co-host, he and I met on Instagram. We met as digital friends, and we were both inspired creationists, and we're into making things and all that, and so we would always share stories, and it was San Antonio IMSH. We were in the very bowels of uh, San Antonio Conference Center doing a side tertiary class, and He said, we need to start a podcast. Um, And it was like, oh my God, I've been thinking that too. So it was just, you know, that was where the idea was born. And then we really wanted to think about our format and how we wanted to do it and really You know, we try to bring as much knowledge to the industry and we try to showcase others who are so smart and so talented in our industry. And because my favorite thing about our industry is how sharing we are. You know, you say how generous I am. It's all of us. We are all supporting each other and that's how we grow. And it's my favorite part of something that I have so many favorite parts of.
1: (laughs) Very cool. Very cool. How long has uh, the SimGeeks podcast been going?
2: Well, um, it wasn't right after IMSH San Antonio. so I believe it's about three years now. So we've been going.
1: Because that would have been 18?
2: I believe so, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's uh, listened to by a lot of people. You can learn a lot of things from it. and um, And thank you. So, David, where do you see simulation going? Do you have any you know where do you where do you think it's going to go and i know that that's no right or wrong answer i always just think it's interesting to see people's perspectives who've been in the industry for a little bit
2: so uh, the number one term or the number one word that comes to my mind when you say that is just more all it's just it's growing in leaps and bounds We've always had a growing industry, um, you know. I've seen it grow immensely over the last ten years, but right now it's growing bigger than I've ever seen it. So we're coming, you know. I don't know if we're out of it or whatever of this situation, this pandemic situation we're in right now. But you just look at how many jobs are being posted, just in sim ops specialists. Not even educators. Not even talking about how many. Um, new sim centers are breaking ground that I've been ta- told about just this week. Um, so the most exciting thing is how much more need we're going to have, how much we are growing, and how we need to just keep sharing, keep expanding, and how to, how to lure, not lure is the wrong word, but how to bring more people into our industry, which is a challenge. Yeah,
1: yeah I agree. and And I have to say, you know, to hear that, it's encouraging. I I know that most people know that Innovative Sim Solutions uh, does three things. So, one, we have this free podcast that we can offer to our listeners, which is, you know, just a kind of the highlight of my week when I interview somebody. Um, number two, we have courses online that teach you about simulation and, awesome te- uh, and telehealth, uh, valuable telehealth. and I also work with Farooz Sankhapor, and we do consulting for our organizations that are interested in starting simulation. We also have some uh, experts in AR, VR, IR, so that when you're going to make that decision for your organization, you don't want to pick something that's going to be a paperweight for your. C suite to use. So we've done some research, and you know, I actually put on the headsets and went around to some of the different booths and really learned about virtual reality and in how it actually feels because when you f- put those goggles on the first time and I'm, I'm gonna be very honest with you i was actually kind of scared and i had mm-hmm. the person who was in there I was like could i sit down because i just felt like i didn't know where i was and i was gonna fall and look like a goofball and so um the first time i sat down and then by the by the, the second third i think it takes like six or seven times in VR to really get to feel comfortable with it where you're walking around and you're like, oh yeah, I get this. What would you, what do you
2: think? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's a new modality and it, it's nobody could say when they saw a mannequin the first time, they knew what to do and they knew how to use it. it. It is a very new and burgeoning and exciting modality. And it's it's a lot of fun. And finding its place in sim is the unique challenge. Like you said, you want to make sure that you are you know, finding a company that solves your problems. And it's a solution uh, to coin your, your own company's name there. It's to find the solution to the problem or the unique challenge that you are trying to give it. And so rather than like you said, you can spend a whole lot of money on a product that is cute and fun. But is it meeting your learning objectives? Is it helping your learners? And that's the unique right. challenge. What
1: problem are you trying to solve? So if you can figure that out first, what's the problem, then you can go ahead and look at the different solutions. As I'm going to quote from Bob Armstrong, mm-hmm. do I need a pencil? Do I need a pen? Do I need chalk? Do I need paint? What do I need? And, and I think that, you know, once again, we need to be very mindful as we go into this area of um, simulation
2: mindful and open-minded because we all have our strengths. We all have the things we're used to. And, you know, they always say, well, when you're a plumber, the wrench is the t- the right tool for the job for everything. And you need to be very open-minded and see how it these skills can actually help your learners because our learners are all that matters. They're the ones that that we are here for. The ones that pay our paychecks, but we're the, we're the ones that we, they're the ones that we are serving is our learners. That's it.
1: Right. No, you're right, David. And I love that open minded thinking. I remember when I was first introduced to simulation, and uh, they they brought the HPS, the high fidelity simulator, and I remember thinking to myself, the simulator is going to know. That I don't know anything. It's going to know, and then everybody, everybody who I work with is going to know. I don't know mm-hmm. anything, and you know, to really learn about simulation and recognize that virtual reality is the same uh, learning curve. Although we've had a trajectory that's been a lot quicker because of the Correct. pandemic you know, (laughs) virtual sims the same way.
2: I mean, virtual sim didn't, I mean, it existed, but not like it does now. And there's a huge need. There's a lot of people that want to approach it, think they may know how to approach it. And you want to make sure you're using those unified methods, the proven methods that work.
1: And David, do you have any stories from the the pandemic of things that you did or things that you learned that were impactful to you? You know, what you did at your organization, anything you want to share?
2: So the only thing I have is is regrets of not spending more time innovating and, and really pushing the boundaries because I, I've said this before that I, I wish... I've seen so many of our peers really take this time and excel like virtual you with virtual simulation and a lot of the other peers you know I can't meet in person well how are we going to meet that learning objective and I I I wish I would have pushed more I mean I did some and things like that we we had for the podcast we did our cleaning and disinfection because you know we were seeing the need and nobody wanted to engage on it for actual research not that we did but we saw the need we did it. But, um, I, oh man, it, it's still there. The opportunity is still there to innovate and push and be better at what we are. And, you know, to your point is learning the different modalities, learning what's new out there, being accepting, opening to it, and figuring out where it actually fits in, not where it seems like it might, but where it will actually benefit our customers, which are our learners.
1: Well, and I think I was given a gift uh, with, you know, being, having the opportunity During the pandemic, to reach out to people that I wouldn't have normally reached out to. i had been like, they're too busy. But Mm -hmm. (laughs) many of them are sitting around. And so I'd be like, hey, would you be interested at all in being a guest on the Sim Cafe? And generosity. Once again, generosity. Mm -hmm. Uh, David, do you have anything else you'd like to leave our listeners with today?
2: Just, you're not alone. That's one thing I've been harping on is you're not alone. Network, help each other, keep sharing, keep, you know, inspiring all of us to do what we do. I mean, half the reason I network so much, half the reason I do like the things you give me credit for is I want to be inspired by the people I see every day. I want to meet more people. You're going to come up with something that I would never have thought about. And I want to, you know, try to help our entire industry yeah. so keep thank at you. it
1: thank you so much now mm-hmm. David if our listeners want to get a hold of you what's the best way
2: so I'm, I'm definitely out there and available I'm on most social media platforms um, either by Simulation Tech and that's T-E-K which is my side business um, and that's where I house this old mannequin on the YouTube channel uh, or there's the Sim Geeks podcast and I'm on most every channel with William Belk who is my co-host
1: excellent excellent well, is there anything you want to ask me?
2: So what do, where do you see simulation going? <laughs> see, I'm going to turn the questions you ask back onto you.
1: I, I don't know. I think uh, the next, you know, everything in the world has been so turned upside down that right now I'm just trying to get through one day at a time. Mm-hmm. I think that um, virtual reality is here to stay. Um, like I said, at first I was really, I didn't think that it would work, but Mm -hmm. now that I'm seeing it. And like I said, by yesterday, when I was able to actually get in the headset, I communicated with the virtual patient using the same skills and technique that I would if I was at the bedside, like, you know, Mm -hmm. being eye level with the patient, making sure that I'm introducing myself, I'm acknowledging that they're here, making sure that I'm. Calling them by the name that they want to be called mm-hmm. by, that I'm explaining things that I do. That it, and even though it's really hard to do, try to use the, um, you know, try to put my hand on the mm-hmm. on the virtual reality's hand. Different modality. Different modality. Yep. But how do we, you know, I think some of those things are going to need to be flushed out in yeah. simulation. So I, so I guess if you're asking my question. I see virtual reality as something that's going to be utilized more, although there's such a place for, you know, the simulations that we're doing now with um, simulators, I I love the products at Avkin, the haptic Mm -hmm. features that they have, so, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of opportunities.
2: So I'm going to go back to the very first part of what you said, and you said you're getting your footing and you're trying to see what's out there, and I completely disagree with what you said. The reason I do is I've watched you for a very long time. You are a sponge. You are soaking it all in and processing, which is why you brought up virtual reality, which is why you brought up Avkin and things like that. What you're doing is you're fitting it in and you are trying to learn, and that's what you do well, is you are out there and you are trying to soak up the knowledge and see where it applies. And so... I wouldn't say you're getting your footing. You're just simply being a good educator and soaking up the knowledge and seeing how you can benefit other educators. So that's how I would word it because the outside looking in, that's what I see.
1: Thank you, David. You are just too kind. In fact, I probably won't even be able to get out of the convention center because my head's
2: too big. (laughs) That's
1: what we do. All right. Well, thank you, listeners,
0: and happy simulating.
2: Thank you for your time. Have a great day and enjoy simulating.
0: The Sim Cafe would like to thank Innovative Sim Solutions for this week's sponsorship. Innovative Sim Solutions, for all your simulation needs. Thanks for joining us here at the Sim Cafe. We hope you enjoyed. Connect with us at www innovative simsolutions.com and be sure to hit that like and subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the sim cafe